Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. It's your host with the most hops, baby boy. Sit down and shut up, please, because class is now in session. Lots has happened in the last week since I've spoken to you. What was that? It wasn't even a week ago. Lots has changed. Some triumphs and some not so much. Um, karma is a little bit of a bitch, folks. I can tell you that. Learned a little bit about that firsthand. Um, I kind of thought uh, I got a little cute last week in the episode. I was trying to get, you know, trying to be a little funny, you know, making some jokes, poking some fun at COVID, poking some fun at the virus. And um, the virus fought back. I, I uploaded this episode, I think it was last Tuesday, um, immediately after I got that haircut, which I spoke so fondly of. Um, I found the next morning I was just about to put on my skates for another day of practice, going to work, as I like to say. Uh, I was going to going to have normal practice. Um, we get tested for COVID once a week. I got dragged in there, felt absolutely fine. I just was looking to get it over with. Um, got my test done, and I went and I continued rolling out this rapid test. Take about it takes about ten minutes for you to find out, and uh, couldn't have even been two. I don't think I've got, I even got one leg rolled out and um, trainer calls me in and I tested positive and I said, hold the phone there, hold it, hold the line. What did you just say to me? And he said, you're positive for the virus. And I said, nope, don't believe it. And um, I made him test me again. I said, fuck that, fuck that virus, no chance. Not up in here. I took my Centrum Men this morning. I took a tab of Centrum Men. I've been taking a tab of Centrum Men since I bought the bottle months ago. There's no chance virus could penetrate this fortress. I made him test me again. And um, that one was a little bit inconclusive. Um, it didn't show up properly. So, I mean, I was looking at it like a series was tied one for one in testing. I, I was uh, one positive, one negative test. So um, it was a best of three with this test for me. So I had to go down the street, sent me down the street, and I uh, got, a th- got a third there for the final deciding, the, I guess you would call it the elimination game. And I tested positive, which was very odd. Uh, they did a drive-through rapid test, came right, into, right to the car, very convenient. I don't think they, they don't do them like that in Canada. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. But uh, it was really convenient. So I went down there anyways, tested positive. I was very confused because I, f- I didn't feel sick at all. Like I, I felt totally fine. Um, and yeah, I had ice. I've been isolated ever since. So Wednesday was the first day. Uh, it was Wednesday morning when I tested positive and uh, wasn't able to skate and was sent home. And I've been home ever since. Other than, uh, I mean, I've left the house and gone for a couple walks. I went for a couple runs. I mean, I'm sure that's not advised, but... Uh, trying to stay in shape and I was I didn't go near anyone like uh if I saw someone I was like sprinting away from them they probably thought that I was like a psychopath myself uh didn't go near anyone I'm I'm sure that's not allowed I'm sure when you have COVID-19 you probably shouldn't be out of your house running around the neighborhood probably not a good look but I did I'll be honest with you because honesty and transparency as a journalism is one of the most important things I uh I can bring to this show um but I've been I've been sitting on my thumb I told myself I was going to do something like the seven days of podcasts. I told myself I was going to do a bunch of crazy shit this week. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to talk about it either because I thought that for some reason uh, maybe one of the 14 people that listen to this show might care. And then I figured that the chances of that are probably pretty low. 
So I, so here we are talking about it, but um, I don't think, you know, I, I talked a big game, talked a lot of smack about the hairdresser who did a great job in my hair. God love her. Did a great job. Didn't catch her name though. Uh, she was a nice lady. Um, I don't know. She, I couldn't have got COVID from her, even though she clearly had it. And probably she, maybe she like, she added to my COVID. Maybe she just piled on top of the COVID I already had because I was to had COVID then I wouldn't have tested positive in the morning without already have having COVID. So that's great. Harrison just talked openly about how I went to a barbershop, no mask on room full of people. And I had COVID sitting there getting my fucking, uh, eight in the side and a little trim up top. A little bit of thickening shear in there too, because I, I got enough hair for three people at least. I got a ton of ton of hair up there, so hopefully I never go bald. Knock on wood. But um, just it was kind of a crazy experience. So I, I mean, I called the, uh, I called the barbershop who will, who again will leave unnamed. They don't need to be brought into this. Um, I called them and I called the lady at the front desk and I said, "Hi, a um, little bit of unfortunate news here. I um, got a haircut on Tuesday at your." Uh, establishment around at 2 30 and i i just tested positive for covid this morning and the lady was like oh thanks for telling me and i was like okay is that it you know to know my name who i was with like i'm trying to maybe identify who my hairstylist was maybe we can get her uh maybe get her to the fucking hospital maybe get her a test make sure she's not running around with the covid and uh she's like i'll tell my owner like okay you're gonna tell him right now he's like no i'll take care of it i was like okay okay see ya and I was a little confused because I was like, well, I just, so I just told her I, one of the six seats you had had someone with COVID in it at 2.30. She didn't ask for any, con- didn't ask me who I was. I said I was there at 2.30. She I said, all right, all right, we'll, we'll take it from here. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess we can do it that way. And I just hung up. So I guess, I don't know. What was I supposed to do, call back? Be like, no, this is who I am. This is my story. I didn't know what to do, so I left it there. And I mean, I mean, what do you do? She could have not even gotten it. COVID is a very odd thing. I was talking some big game last week, trying to be a little funny, but I was at no point in my disrespecting COVID. Um, I'm not trying to backtrack either because I have COVID now. But I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's just a funny thing. I know people are dying. I know it's not funny. But I mean, you got to make funny, fun of stuff like that. That's just that's what comedy is for, all right. That's what we do. We, we, that's how we cope with things like that. With COVID during a pandemic, you're gonna make fun of it a little bit, all right. But for me, very odd. I, other than the first day, me being paranoid and maybe thinking I was sick because I was like, well, I have COVID. Well, I must feel bad. I don't feel anything. I feel I'm completely fine, sleeping fine. I've lost my taste and smell though, and that uh, kind of sucks. I mean, I don't think I had a great. I have a bad sniffer. I don't think smells. A, definitely not one of my senses that I'm leaning on every day I mean I, I think I can barely smell it as it is but taste being gone kind of sucks I mean like now it's weird I have, I've heard of people getting COVID where they don't even want to eat at all and shit like that they can barely scarf anything down like my cravings for food are still there but like I had no enjoyment through taste so like it was like I was enjoying the texture you know you could like eat certain things you'd be like oh that's what that is it's, that feels like it anyways haha <laughs> it's warm like hot sauce, you could kind of tell that there was like some sort of zing in there. Even when you put like mouthwash in my mouth, like I can, it barely even stings. It's weird. I've heard uh, some people not getting their taste back for a couple weeks. So let's hope that doesn't happen. I, that would be shitty. What if I just lost my taste forever? Is taste one of the scents? One of the five senses? Is that even, that's hilarious that I'm even asking that question, but I'm saying that. Yeah, it is. It's got to be. But um, that would suck. Don't want to lose my taste. But very thankful that I, I don't have any symptoms. I mean, 
I've essentially just been on layaway in my house here, reading books, fucking playing guitar, watching TV, watching the boys play. I missed two games. Hopefully that's it. Supposed to be back this Friday for two games this weekend. So fingers crossed that happens. I mean, I guess I'm just, I'm thankful. Uh, COVID didn't, uh, didn't treat me too bad. It wasn't, uh, I mean, watch it kick up here. Watch it flare up in my next couple of days before I can come back. But no, it's been it's I've been lucky. God bless. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks God. And I mean, it wasn't bad for me like it has been for so many people. But uh, a little weird that I got it the way I did. I mean, I named the last episode "Covid Clippers," and then COVID immediately comes and clips me back. Folks, do not get too smart. Always shoulder check. Check what's coming up behind you. COVID could be there. Knocking at the gosh darn door. Folks, episode 27. Honored to be here with you as all. I love doing this program. Had a great one today. I had a great interview. Just got off the horn with uh, Lavine, Hayden Lavine, Laver. Um, great guy. He um, wasn't my teammate for very long, um, which is a good thing in this instance, not because one of us was sent to Tijuana to play in the, um, you know, the Sunshine League. Uh, one of us got called up, so it's a good goodbye. You know, you I don't want to see him again. I mean, he's still got all his stuff in the room. His truck's still outside. Um, we'll get it to him. He's up there. He's doing big things. So, I mean, I thought it'd be cool to get him on anyways, but he went through three leagues in, in this season already. In the last three weeks, he's played in three leagues. So uh, that'd be cool in a normal year. Uh, extra cool in the COVID year. Wish him all the best. Uh, we'll be talking to him soon. Had a cool interview with him while he's on quarantine. Um, and we'll get into that very soon. Not much more to touch on right here before we kick it over to the interview, but uh, I just wanted to admit that uh, finally got myself onto Clubhouse. Um, I've spoken about Clubhouse, the app, multiple times on the program. On the program. When I don't say program, someone calls me out every time. If I said program at the beginning of the show, someone would call me and be like, fuck you. But back to what I was saying. Did get myself on Clubhouse. I did not realize Clubhouse, again, reiterating folks, backtracking, Clubhouse, new app, launched in May of this year, not this year, past year, 2020, released not even a year ago. Not sure how many users are on it right now. I believe at one time it was worth like $100 million and they had like 1,500 users and they had no one. And um, I don't know how it really grew from that, but the the cool thing about this app, what they're doing right now is you can't just... uh, you can go on the app store, you can download it, but the only way that you can make an account for Clubhouse right now is you need an invite sent to you from someone that is already a member. So when you become a member in Clubhouse, you get two invites and you can send them to two people and that's that's all you get. I'm not sure if you can get invites recharged, if you can buy for more. Apparently there's a way you can buy your account online if you're not able to get an invite. I'm not sure how many people are doing that or if that's a scam and someone in... Um, Yugoslavia is making money by taking clubhouse account orders. I'm not sure, but um, I hadn't. I didn't know anyone that had it and didn't know where to begin. So what I did was I went on Twitter and I just typed in hashtag clubhouse, and then I started seeing that there was this little campaigns, these little things like hashtag join clubhouse, and all these people talking about it. And anytime I started seeing anyone I followed talk about clubhouse, I'd get in tweeted them and be like someone send me an invite please someone send me an invite i mean it sounds pretty desperate and it was uh but eventually some random guy on twitter um not sure some guy from minnesota uh some burner account sent me an invite this nice fella and got me on a clubhouse and um i immediately invited uh producer 
of the show, Matt Donnelly, gave him an invite, and he's on there. So I have one more invite left. Clubhouse, new app. For those of you who don't know, it's audio only. No text. No text at all. The only – like you join these rooms. with You can make a room with a topic, and you can go in there, and people can join it. A lot of people are talking about like investing. A lot of people are talking about – marketing instagram all this crazy stuff there's people doing that and then there's the dark side of it there's the dark side of it like um there's some hilarious rooms like the other day i saw a room and it was called uh should women be allowed to own bitcoin and like it, it was a couple comedians in there and it's obviously a joke but like it's people would come storming in there and, and they would let people come up and talk about why they think that women shouldn't own bitcoin if people thought it was real and they were like arguing their case oh it's it's great app already great app um, a lot of people were already chiming in saying that the app uh, might be racist and uh, they're saying that uh, they're worried about the kind of usership it's going to get there because of the, you know, the inviting, you know, you choose who you invite. They're worried about how the usership's going to grow um, and if race will play a profile, if race will play a role in how the app grows, I guess. And I was like, well, I mean, obviously we're going to have these, we're going to have these concerns, but I mean, are we really surprised? Like we, the app um, again, very little pre preliminary research right now, but I don't have to do any. I'm sure it was made by some white guy, Silicon Valley guy, techie guy, who's friends with, you know, a bunch of techie buddies. And they would have started this app and they slowly just start sending it to just their buddies, who I'm sure are not too, they're not falling too far from that tree. But that was the start. This thing's in now. There's, um, there's peoples of all kinds on there. Check it out. This thing is hilarious. It's a, it's going to be a good time. And I mean, at this point, I just, why, why not get another thing of social media? Why not get another platform? All right? You already have them all. What's one more? What's one more? It's like another club in the golf bag. Let's just swing another one around here. You know? No. All right. It's time for the interview, folks. This is uh, the first one in weeks. I think the last interview I had was Corey Marks. Like, I think that was like episode 14. Like, that's like, that's a that's, huh, months ago. Folks, welcome to an interview. Episode 27. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, back for another interview segment here on the program. Happy to have you. Bringing in ourselves here, former teammate and roommate of mine, Hayden Levine from Brampton, Ontario. Ever heard of it? Levine played... Parts of seasons with the Wellington Dukes, Tri-City Storm, the Waterloo Blackhawks, the Bloomington Thunder before taking himself to the college ranks where he played four seasons with the University of Michigan Wolverines. Ever heard of it? He went professional this year, starting off at the Birmingham Bulls before making his way to the Wichita Thunder when he was just recently called up to the American Hockey League. He touched three leagues in the span of almost three weeks. Have you ever heard of that happening, folks? I doubt you have, folks. Welcome, Hayden Levine. Laver, thanks for coming. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. I think it's about the best inter or best introduction I've ever had. So, I think it went on a little long. I think I blacked out at one point, but fucking welcome to the project. Um, you're the first guest I've had in almost three months, so it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. Probably an absolute honor for our listeners to hear someone else speak except me. But uh, thank you so much for doing this, folks. Uh, lay a little bit of context here. Hayden started the fucking season out in this SPHL with the Birmingham Bulls, living in the room next door to me and then what was that three weeks ago he got the call up to wichita the thunder of the east coast league 
He goes up there for two games, plays very well, and he has now just signed a PTO with the Stockton Heat, the direct affiliate of the Calgary Flames, the National Hockey League. Um, Congrats, man. That's fucking insane. That would be insane in a normal season, but um, with so many teams inactive and not playing this year, that jumps all the more crazy during the COVID year. So congrats, man. And are you in, you're, you're in Calgary right now, right? That's where Stockton's playing out of this season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been wild. Yeah. We're in, I'm in Calgary just doing my quarantine time just because of the government quarantine. I got to do 10 days with two negative tests. So I'm waiting on that before I can get into a practice. Um, but it's going well. I'm getting towards the end, which is good. And then hopefully practices go well and I can stick for most of the year. No, no, no doubt. Um, like I said, again, man, this is a, a pretty crazy, um, I mean, it's a whirlwind what's happened to you in the last three weeks. You left Birmingham, what would that have been? Like the 30th of January, probably right around there? Uh, yeah, a little bit before that. I think like the 24th is when I got into Wichita. So I was practicing in Wichita like the 26th or something and like you that. Get in, you got in two games, two wins, not a big deal. That's all it took. And now you're on your way to the American League. Um, I mean – First of all, it was, an, it was a very unique season uh, for anyone playing, coming off 10-plus months, no hockey. But, I mean, for yourself, too, being a goalie, that's obviously – I mean, there's nothing like that game situation. Was it a weird year? Like, forget about the craziness that's happened in the last two weeks. What was it like just getting back playing again and starting off the year in Birmingham? Was it uh, kind of a slow start, or how did you feel getting back into it? Well, I hadn't like been practicing a lot, but I actually hadn't played a game since like November of 2019. So it had been over a full year. It had been like close to 14 months since I played a game. Uh, so finally getting back into a game was super weird. Cause like you said, it's so different. Just like the bounces you see and the plays that happen, like you can't really recreate it in practice as much as you try. Uh, so it was good as Birmingham was a different situation. Cause I feel like, a lot of guys there are just there for fun and stuff. And obviously my goal was to move up, but our situation in Birmingham with the group of guys that we had, and like I enjoyed my time there and had a ton of fun with it and was just trying to make the most out of it. And uh, honestly, I never expected even being called up to the East coast that quick, let alone jumping all the way up to the A that fast. No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy now. I mean, a lot of people probably don't understand what like, the you know the difference in the leagues we're talking about or whatnot. But uh, I mean, you're climbing the North American ranks at a at a pretty steady pace here. Um, obviously, just finishing college. I mean, you're not you're only a 96 birth year. I mean, in some p- places, people would think that's old. But I mean, in terms of a goalie, you're just breaking into pro. I mean, man, pretty pretty crazy path you're on right now. But question I'd love to ask you. I mean, you haven't skated in the American League yet, but what I guess is is the difference from like, you know, you play four years at Michigan, you step into Birmingham, then you're going up and you're playing in Wichita. Like, I, I guess, what can you say? Like, what are the differences in these levels of hockey that you've gone through in the last 12 months? Like, what's the difference from NCAA Div 1 to what, what's being offered in the Southern League and then the East Coast League? And I wish you'd already got some ice time in the American League, but from your standpoint, kind of just take us through the difference in those levels of hockey you've seen in the last couple of days. Yeah. So starting off like from college down to, or over to the SP, um, you lose a lot of that high end skill, like playing with guys with Quinn Hughes and Josh Norris. Like they're obviously not, you're not going to get talent like that down in the SP, but uh, you gain a ton of physicality, which is way different because it, it takes guys out of the play so much that it opens up so much of the ice in comparison to college which is such a structured game 
that like you don't see as many odd man rushes in college or as many breakaways or two on ones. Uh, so that was something that like, took me a while to get used to. It was all of a sudden, like every other shot seemed to be an odd man rush or something just because the physicality is so high that like if somebody gets hit, they're out of the play and usually out of position. Um, and then on the other end of things going from, from the SP to the East coast is it's kind of like the opposite. The East coast gets a little bit less physical, still more physical than college, uh, in my opinion, but it becomes a little bit more structured and a little bit more skilled, still not, I don't think the skill level was at the same ranks as, as D one, at least not big 10 with those big name guys. Like, I mean, I went up against guys like Caulfield and, um, I mean, like I said, Norris and Hughes in practice, you get guys like Zimmer and Zegris and guys are just unbelievable talent playing college when they're really, really young. And then the East Coast, you get guys that are kind of on the brink of that, of being like either on their way, kind of fighting for that A deal. A couple of guys that have been up and down in the A, like we had one guy um, in Wichita that played full season last year with Tucson, put up big numbers for them. He was super skilled and probably in a normal year would be in the A again this year. Um, and then going from the, the coast to the A, what I can tell so far, is just like, I've been here for five days and I've been in quarantine and we've already done more video than I've done in the SP and the coast combined. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting like the skill level, obviously to be a little bit higher, still missing that elite top end. I think that you see in like players like Quinn Hughes and Cole Caulfield and Zegris and Josh Norris among other guys but I expect the structure to be there and the skill to start climbing close. Um, that's pretty much it from a goalie standpoint. I mean, not a lot of changes. The game picked up in pace a little bit going from the SP to the coast. But like I said, the structure got better, which actually made it a little bit easier of a game to play as a goalie. Um, mm -hmm. And then we'll just have to see what the AHL holds. Yeah. So like, as a goaltender, I guess, I mean, it's a totally different comparison if you know, you're talking about hopping up uh, up leagues and whatnot. But, I mean, as a goaltender, do you ever find, like, you know, playing at a higher level, sometimes it makes your life a little easier because you say, like, there is that structure that, I mean, you're not getting those maybe some sloppy two-on-ones getting broken, you know, from breakdowns and stuff like that that, that might not happen in that high-structured game. Is that something that you find? Like, is it easier to settle in? You know, maybe you just focus on what you're bringing and you're not thinking about all these other moving parts. Yeah, like, yeah. It definitely does. You know, it gets, you just start thinking about the puck and the shot and you know that like your guys are kind of going to be in their positions as much as possible when they can. You don't see as many major breakdowns. Um, and that's not to say that there's not some skill in the, in the SP, like guys like Nelson on Birmingham, obviously put up like over 40 points for three consecutive years in the coast. So, you know, he can score, you know, he's got skill and there's other guys in the SP like that this year. Um, it's just that the, I think the coaching and the video and stuff that goes into goes into the coast kind of makes it a more structured game. I think there might be, I want to say this politically correct, but majority of the team is more focused on moving up in the coast than they are in the SP. You know, mm -hmm. I think in the SP, you have a couple guys that are set on being there to finish their careers out and just kind of play and have fun. Whereas in the coast, I think even the guys that are, are down there from the A or, like in Wichita, we had one guy who played nine games in the show. Like they're still trying to get back up. Like they're not content being there. Um, so that's, that's also a huge difference in, in just kind of a work ethic when they do make mistakes, not to say that guys in the SP don't work hard and don't want to win. Um, just a little bit more guilt in, in situations in the coast, I think. 
Now, in terms of uh, your time in the East Coast, albeit it was a little brief, you were with Wichita, and that is Edmonton's farm team, right? Affiliate? Yeah, yeah it so is. So what I've always wondered, like, what's the connection like? I mean, I know, I know you, again, you weren't there long, but from your vibe while you were there, like, what's the relationship like right now with, like, a East Coast team and their NHL team? affiliate like do they talk about it at all or is there like or did you even like know other than the crest being on your shoulder kind of thing yeah i mean edmonton wasn't really talked about at all the only thing i knew like in terms of like bakersfield and edmonton being affiliates with wichita's i think we had one guy who was signed on a two-way deal with bakersfield um and then i know that the goalie whose spot i actually took before he got hurt he was he turned down like a pto with bakersfield because of his injury as far as that uh, it was kind of a weird year because we were also sharing with Toronto. So we had a couple guys from the Marlies that were down as well. Okay. Um, so that was like talked about more because they had more of their Toronto gear. Like they still had their, like their Marlies bag and their Marlies tape bag and stuff. Um, but other than that, like it's most, most guys have been in the A in some capacity or like signed or been on a PTO or something. So most guys have like tape bags from some A team somewhere along their road um so it's not really touched on it's just kind of assumed that like guys are striving to get to that next level it doesn't really matter where yeah for sure boys are just looking for jobs kind of a thing exactly yep yeah i mean i mean it's going to be so interesting to see uh what it's going to be like especially when you get on the ice here in the american league um for those of you who do not know i wasn't aware of this until we were talking quickly before we started recording this but the American League is doing a Canadian division as well. So all the all the Canadian teams are having their American League teams playing in a division. So it's just the six teams, the seven teams. How many teams? Five. Seven there's teams? Five. 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 So there's only five A teams playing? Yeah. In Canada. In Canada. I guess that makes sense because had you guys not moved up, like what would they have done? Had like a yeah. three, four team American like, It would have been four, yeah. It would have been Toronto, yeah. Belleville, Laval, and Manitoba. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. So like you were saying, what what do you think travel is looking like in the American League? I mean, no doubt you're flying everywhere, but I mean, is it a lot of back-to-backs? A lot of, I mean. Uh, yeah, so we got our schedule. I don't know necessarily like how many back-to-backs there are and stuff like that, but our first four games are home against Toronto. So it's like four games in six days against Toronto at home. And then we fly out to, I think it was like Toronto or something like that. We played belleville twice and then we play toronto twice and then we play laval twice and then we fly home and then we have another long home stand and then we fly like back out to toronto again and then we play like toronto and belleville and then we fly to manitoba and we play manitoba a handful of times so it's just like long road trips and then long home stands which i don't know it kind of depends what you want it's gonna be nice to be home for more than one or two days at a time make it easy in terms of like meal prep and stuff like that at least which will be nice and then obviously we're gonna fly most of the time i figure like the road trips where we start in toronto and finish in the ball will like fly into toronto and then fly out of montreal but honestly i haven't been told a whole lot since i'm I mean, on a pto since i'm on a pto there's no saying how long i'm actually going to be here too so i'm just trying to just going to try and stay as long as i can and kind of roll with the punches on what's happening and whether or not i'm even traveling no, for sure. But I mean, I feel like you getting up there, 
they're putting you through quarantine. I mean, they're going to give you a, a look worth getting. I don't think they'd bring you up there for no reason, if especially during this fucking year, this shit show of a season. Yeah, that's so, my man, hope, right? Just to be given an opportunity. 100%. We're going to be definitely watching you. This 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 program is now as a friend of the show. <laughs> Hayden Levine, we're going to be following him immensely. But um, talk, take to us a little bit back. Uh, you just came off a successful college career. Um in terms of obviously I wasn't a college guy, uh, but I think in terms, I always thought that um, university of Michigan would be one of the ones that would seem like probably the creme de la creme of D one hockey. Um, give us touch on that a little bit, touch about your time playing down there and um, pretty historic program. And I mean, you got four seasons of it as a goalie. I mean, that's pretty fucking gross, man. Like just, t- just touch on that a little bit. And I mean, some of the teams you played with, fuck, some of the players you got to play with, like you quickly mentioned already, like it's pretty nuts. So what was it like being on the on the Wolverines, being part of the Blue? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's a good spot. The reason I went and like, committed there was just because it was kind of the best of both worlds. They had that such a rich, historic uh, like hockey program, and they're a top-tier hockey program. But at the same time, they're like the number one public school in the U.S., and they're like number four in the country or something like that after you count Ivy Leagues and stuff like that. So um just the academic side of things are also like just as good reputation wise as the hockey program was so that's why I, why i committed there kind of like when i did over some of the other schools i was talking to um and then you get there and you realize that the social life is equally as cool as the hockey and the and the academics um you know just football games in general everybody i always get that question how is going to football games i mean it's the most insane thing i've ever experienced it's like the stadium, you go to a football game and it's 120,000 people packed in the stadium, but the city's got to like triple in size. Like there's got to be well over a million people that are there for the game, but don't actually go to the game. They just tailgate and the parties are just ridiculous on football Saturdays. Like you walk down any yard, just packed with people outside playing drinking games and just all blue and yellow everywhere. So it's, it's fun to be a part of that culture. And then the same side of thing like hockey has a huge following too and we're a major sport at that school so we're sold out pretty much every night which is just phenomenal um knowing that we have like one of the best student sections that i've ever played in front of and then our fan base just goes so far beyond the students but um it's just there's so many aspects of michigan that make it such a great place to go to school before you even factor in athletics that once you factor that in it was like it's an experience that I would never change for anything in my life. Yeah, no, no shit. I mean, it seems like such a fucking time. Like, I mean, you had a pretty hilarious decision to 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 commit to Michigan. I mean, I know this because we've talked about it ourselves. But you know, you had several different offers coming out of the USHL. I mean, touch on. I guess, like you said, it was it was you know you had the best of both worlds with the, with the public school and obviously a fucking program like Michigan not too fucking shabby, but, um, like what other, like, was it, was it, was there a lot of like, did did you have a lot of other options that, you know, you seriously panned out when it came to your decision where you're going to go D one or I mean, for me, fuck, I don't think I'd be regardless of what else is being offered. I don't think I'd look too far past Michigan. So I spoke to, I spoke to a handful of schools, um, Michigan, Harvard and Denver were kind of my top three, um, shitty top three to choose from. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it sucks. I it's tough to talk about if you don't want to like brag or anything, but it was an awesome experience. And just going through that recruiting experience too was so much fun getting to go to all these different campuses and seeing what did they you go to all three of those you just mentioned? Did you get to go yeah. see them all in person? Yeah, I did go to all three of them. 
Um, and so like, I saw games in everywhere except for Harvard, just because when I visited, they were out of season. But that campus is super cool. Uh, I mean, they all were. Denver, the ultimate reason Denver kind of got knocked off was just they had a coaching change um, after I had gone on my visit. And they wanted me to go back for another visit to meet the new coach. And it was just coming to the point where I was like, well, that's just something that kind of leans me towards Michigan or Harvard. So then I narrowed it down to Michigan and Harvard. And honestly, the the only decide like the major deciding factor between Michigan and Harvard was just that Harvard was a liberal arts school and didn't have a health science program that I wanted to go into. Um, other than that, like it was pretty hard to decide. And my dad at the time was pretty upset that I chose Michigan over Harvard because I don't think he really realized the weight that a Michigan degree carries. It's pretty equivalent to a Harvard one. Um, and so once he kind of figured out how prestigious Michigan was in terms of an academic school, he kind of laid off a little bit, but it's, it wasn't an easy decision. You know, I'd like to say that like going somewhere else would have led to a different path. Maybe I would have been in the A sooner. Maybe I would have signed an NHL contract, like who knows, but it's so easy to say that the grass would have been greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, like my schooling and my experience there is something that I wouldn't change for anything, even though I, I certainly had my share of ups and downs, um, you know, but at the end of the day, like that decision and then going through my four years at Michigan's made me who I am in terms of the way I handle things, the way I think about things um, and just the player and person I am now. And Michigan has this saying of being a Michigan man, as I'm sure a lot of prestigious universities do. And at the end of my four years, I think like I can really say that, you know, it, it did mold me into the, the man I am now. And I pride myself on that. No, 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 no doubt at all. And I mean, going back to, I laugh when you tell me about your dad being pissed when you say <laughs> that you committed to Michigan instead of Harvard. Cause like, obviously, I mean, any parent would probably want their fucking kid to go to Harvard. That's like a parent's dream saying your kid went to Harvard. Are you kidding me? But obviously you saying like once he realized how the prestige behind a degree from U of M, but I mean, off the top of your head, you're going to say that obviously you Michigan is a better hockey program than Harvard off the top of your head. No, no yeah. bias. You're going to say Histor yes, historically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the winningest program in college hockey now, whether that dates back to the fact that they were winning when there was only two teams in college hockey, they don't ask how <laughs> that's another argument, but um, statistically how, speaking, baby. they are the most like the winningest team in college hockey. So it's kind of hard to argue against that in any respects. So, what like how you said you're selling out most nights like how many how many fans could sit in your barn what's the barn called the yost the yost yeah yost yeah. ice arena so it's it's the uh it's actually called i think it's called the red baronson rink at yost ice arena so they changed the name when red baronson coach red baronson retired they like i guess technically technically now the ice sheet is red baronson like rink and then the building is yost ice arena it holds okay. i think it holds roughly 6500 give or take a little bit yeah is it around uh it does yeah so the two like the two ends are quite a bit steeper than the than the walls um but it's 6500 with give or take with some seat like standing room only um and most nights like we're over six thousand pretty much every night except for the only ones that are lower are thanksgiving and then uh the ones right right after christmas before all the students get back from Christmas break. Mm -hmm. That kind but, of a deal. But the support's yeah. obviously there. And like you mentioned the fucking big house for football. And then does, 
Where's the basketball team play? They have oh, their own. Uh, I mean, arena. they have a yeah, they have an NBA facility. Seats like eighteen thousand. It and is that's their own thing. Like no one else yeah. plays in there but them. Just men's and women's basketball. Uh, volleyball plays in there sometimes when they have big matches. So like when they play Notre Dame or Wisconsin or other top end schools, sometimes they'll play in the in the basketball arena. But most times it's just men's and women's basketball. Fuck, that's unbelievable. And I mean you said like everyone's first question is, you know, how is football? But I mean, I got a kind of a question to you. Like if you're on the hockey team, which you were, um, that's obviously a huge fucking experience is the football, but like, how does this, how do the seasons come clash? Like, were you guys able to party on Saturdays, football Saturdays, or was it like, you got to wait till after your game and get boozed up? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun because you have like the first three football games, three or four, if I can remember correctly before our season starts like we start last weekend of october or no first weekend of october first i guess i forgot about how late college yeah college starts first weekend of october is the first first season game so usually like october 5th or 6th or 7th um and football starts last week in august so football starts the weekend before classes start so we'll get three or four football home games in where we i mean we usually have practice in the morning and then it goes you come out of practice in like your party clothes you go straight to the straight to the darty or straight to the football game um and then it lasts all night it's like noon to noon to friggin' four or five in the morning just as as long as you can keep standing just yeah it's just a while it's a wild time and as a freshman too freshman too you just run yourself into the ground too because you're like such a wow factor like i remember my first football game was it was insane i fell asleep in the football stadium i was so drunk (laughs) <laughs> oh god man that's awesome so i mean in terms of sports like did you, not just football like did you get out to f- basketball games too like were you just kind of trying to take it all in i feel like as a like a michigan wolverine fuck i'd want to see every game i'd want to see every sport like there's some sh- yeah. sick shit going on yeah you know i think as a freshman and sophomore like as an underclassman i didn't really think about that and then my junior year i was kind of like holy shit like we have so many teams that are so good and I've never seen them play. Like our volleyball team was like number four in the country. Our gymnastics team wins big tens like every single year. Our women's soccer team wins big tens like every single year. Our men's soccer team is always in the hunt. Our men's lacrosse team had like the number one recruiting class at one point. Our like track and field is insane. They're always up there in big tens, both men's That'd and That'd be a women's. sick school sport too, track and field. I like they just, yeah. they just built a, uh, they just built like a $150 million facility for track and field and for men's and women's lacrosse. And it is phenomenal. Fuck dude. That's it unreal. It has like a 40,000 square foot weight room that every, every sport gets used to weight room, but it's in their facility and like their locker rooms and stuff. And it's just blows my mind. It's like an Olympic indoor track in there too. It's just cool. The money that goes into athletics in college sports is something that I don't think most Canadians really realize until you get there. Like I had no idea. Even once I was committed, I had no idea until I was actually there. No, for sure. And I feel like a guy like me says he understands it, but fuck, until I, if I was at UMish's fucking campus, my jaw would hit the floor, man. Like, yeah. We have like, we at, at U of M, like, there's a whole different campus too that they just call like, it's either called South Campus or Athletic Campus. And basically, like, it's just the athletic buildings. They're in their own little bubble. And then you go up the hill to the normal campus, about five minute walk from each other. Um, and down there, you have like, you have the, 
you have the hockey rink, you have the football field house, you have the volleyball, volleyball stadium or like court, which they share with wrestling. Uh, you have the outdoor track. There used to be an indoor track or an indoor field there, which lacrosse used to play out of before they got their new facility. And then they turned that into a weight room for football. Um, and then just down the road is just down the road is like our school golf course and the, and the soccer fields and the lacrosse fields. You mesh has its own golf course. Yeah. So it's got, it's got a public one that the, uh, the golf teams like practice range and short game areas on. And then obviously they get priority for practice rounds in the course. And then we also have a private one that's off campus. That's only open. That's only open to, uh, faculty and alumni what yeah so you still have to pay your membership whether you're faculty or alumni but it's paid through a donation it's paid through a donation to the university which is kind of cool fuck that's wild i didn't know that was a thing that's crazy Mm -hmm. what a wild institution last question i'll give you about michigan i want you to tell me i won't say top five because that sounds like a lot top three teammates you played with during your time at michigan and then i want top three football players that i don't know what other sports you can give me just give me a top three of some of the athletes you've seen played with played against seen at michigan so when you say top three teammates you mean like terms of teammates or in terms of like skill just let's just say that like the nastiest players you've played with and then your three favorites from maybe like football and basketball okay i mean quinn hughes obviously is going to be top three in the country let alone michigan so he's mm-hmm. just on another level from everybody. Um, Josh, how many Norris years is, did you play with him? What what years did two. you play so, with Quinn? So he was a freshman my junior year, or he was a freshman my sophomore year, and then he played his yeah. freshman sophomore year before he left. So I played two okay. seasons with him. Uh, same with Josh Norris; they were in the same class. So he's another one. He was just like he came in his freshman year, in the first practice, like I saw him on the ice. I was like, holy shit, this guy is a pro. Just the way he skates and the way he shoots the puck and like the way he handles himself. I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, he's going to be in the NHL next year. Now he hurt himself and didn't get to the NHL right away. He was out for half the season with a shoulder injury, but eventually got there now lightened up with Ottawa this year. Um, And then another one is just Cooper Marodi, who I think kind of flies under the radar just because he wasn't like one of those big names. But my sophomore year when he was a junior and we made a run in the playoffs, he was disgusting. He has the most poise out of any player I've ever seen. He can't shoot the puck very hard. Um, He's not a very fast skater. He's not physical. But when he has the puck on his stick, he slows the game down to his speed immediately. Like he dictates the speed of play when he has the puck. And then he just toys with people. It's phenomenal. So that's those your, are the that's your three for hockey: Hughes, Norris, and Marodi. And Marodi. So what about? So Mar- what's that? So, to continue. No, I was just say so. Both of them, like Quinn and Norris, are are in the show, and then Marodi's been up and down with Bakersfield and Edmonton over the last couple of years. Um, and I mean, I could go on for days with like some of the guys that I played with. Like, there's so oh, much. I'm sure. I mean, the list would be long and plentiful. Yeah, but I mean. I think the top three, like that's not a bad top three you just named. Three guys that yeah. have uh, played games in the show, two absolute regulars. Um, I'll move you on to football. I mean, are you a big football guy? Were you a big football guy when you were there? So, like, I 
I have never really been a big football guy. And then once I got there, you know, I became like a Michigan football guy. Like I would watch all the games. Um, and I watched all the games this season until they got shut down when I was back home. Um, so I don't know it a whole lot in terms of like the national scheme of things. I know that we were really good. We had a really good football program my freshman, sophomore year. Junior, I believe, if I can remember correctly, they were okay. And then senior year, they were not very good. Um, but still, nonetheless, like there were some, our defense especially, there were some phenomenal players in defense. Like um, watch guys like Chase Winovich, who plays for the Patriots, Rashawn Gary, who uh, plays for the Packers now. Uh, Devin Bush, I believe, is the Browns. And then, like, list goes on and on. Yeah, Each there must be like, tons of guys in the NFL now that you would have went to school with. My freshman year, uh, Jabril Peppers, like, oh. I don't even, I don't even know what position he plays in the NFL because he played literally every position at school. He's, yeah, he's the guy that played like nine different positions in one yeah. game or something, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like our punt returner, our running back, our fullback. He played wide receiver sometimes. Like it was insane. Fuck, that'd be so sick to be that kind of an athlete. He was um, he was so good. What about basketball? Must be some guys in the NBA too. Yeah, so uh Duncan Robinson on I think on Miami. He's like a starting point guard on Miami now. Funny story about him is uh I'm pretty sure he was he was D three and then he transferred to Michigan. And then he wasn't even a starter at Michigan. And then no, all of a sudden, NBA. gets to the NBA and he just lights it up like 20 plus points a game in the NBA. He's gross. I mean, he was always good at Michigan, but he wasn't like a starting five. Fuck, that's um, crazy. Yeah, I don't. Have. Same thing as football, though. Like, I don't really know a lot about basketball in the grand scheme of things, like outside of Michigan basketball. Like, I don't watch the NBA or anything like that, but I know that there are guys that go to Michigan that are like gross NBA players. Um, Mo, Mo Wagner is with the Lakers, I believe. He's played a couple NBA games. Um, like I said, Duncan Robinson. I know there's a couple other guys that I just don't know off the top of my head. Right on. And one question I have, and I mean, <clears throat> I went to a post-secondary athletic institution, nothing to speak of compared to fucking Michigan, that's for sure. But like, you know, what was it like when you – like, was there any animosity between you and other teams? Like, I mean, I mean, especially if I'm talking about male teams, I guess we'll talk about it. Like, would you guys ever clash in that regard or would you even fucking see them? And if you did, like, were you guys boys? Like, how, how was that? Like, was there interaction between sports teams or was there none of that at all? Yeah. So, like, football and basketball pretty much stuck to their own. Um, you would, like, see them around, see them out, but none of us were really friends with any of them. There were a couple of guys um, – the senior senior class my sophomore year who were really good friends with a couple of football players but that relationship kind of ended at their class um we were really close with men's lacrosse like always partied together like we'd go to their games all the time they'd come to our games all the time um they are definitely like our closest and then obviously we were we were really close with a bunch of the girls teams like women's lax women's soccer uh women's track and field we were really close with a couple of guys on the men's golf team um it was, it was just all over the board. Okay, bad. I mean, I, I wouldn't say there was any animosity between any of them. It was just basically whether or not we hung out. Like basketball and football were kind of on their own page. Would you see those boys out and about in town at parties and shit? Every now and then. I think 
I think football for the most part just did like house parties because their team is so friggin' big. Um, yeah, you got that's a party. Every now, and, yeah, every now and then you'd see the basketball guys out, and like obviously you pick them out of a crowd anywhere. Yeah, guys, freaking shoulders are above the crowd. <laughs> yeah, there's there's yeah. eight of them, and five out of the eight are are two feet taller than me. Yeah, yeah, two feet taller than me, who's the next tallest guy at the bar. Yeah, fuck, man. I mean, I just. So many Michigan questions. I never thought I'd ask so many Michigan questions, but I mean, it's a pretty cool spot. And um, I mean, it's just cool to have you on someone that experienced it, lived it, someone that can talk about it. Um, you, you can never um, go, go to a football game there, even if you're just going to like get a hotel and go tailgate for the day. I highly recommend it. Well, I'll have to make sure you're in town. Big legendary alumni like you, you'd have to show me the fucking ropes. No. Um, what was it like? You came to college from the U show. The U show, the USHL, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, you being a kid from the Toronto region, you played one year in the Ontario Junior League, the uh, the Junior A League, the OJ. And then you moved on to the USHL. Would that would you have been 17 when you made the move or 18? Uh, I think I was, I was 17 when I went down there because I did my senior year of high school there. How does that so, work? Like, are you able to be that young and play in the USHL, or were you um, have fucking family down there or something? Or what? Uh, I'm trying to think. So I think you can be so the USHL. You can have what they call a tender. I think you can only you can have one or two of them who are 16 year olds, and then you can have 17 is kind of the age that it starts. So we didn't have many guys my age. I think we had three other high school guys. So there was four of us in high school together. Um, and then it was just like junior hockey in Canada. Like you lived with the billet family, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, Same kind of a deal. Yeah. Did you find, literally... so you played one year at junior A at 16. Now when you were 17 and you made your way down to the USHL, was the USHL a big jump up from junior A in Ontario? Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. So what's was... the USHL like? Like I remember I got a couple of offers to go try out for teams when I was like trying to go to junior, but my old man never let me go down, but I mean, I was very intrigued by the USHL. I mean, it's it's something that, I mean, as a Canadian, you know, you don't know anything about until you get down there. But, like, what are your thoughts on the USHL? Obviously, a great league. A lot of guys going to college, NHL draft picks, fucking stars coming out of that league. But, I mean, yeah, you're a Canadian kid. You went down there three years of it. What's the USHL like? So, it's it's kind of like – it's kind of like a mix of, of, like, the OHL and college. So, it's basically – the way I always looked at it is it's the OHL – but without all the superstars because those guys are already in college. Okay. So like all that young talent that's in the O, like those first, second liners that are high NHL draft picks um, are only in the USHL for a year or two tops because they go into college as true freshmen. Yeah. So they're not there very long. Exactly. But so then you have the college aspect to it where the teams are a little bit deeper than the OHL because you have a lot more – 19 20 21 year olds playing so the teams are older than ohl teams so do you are you trying to go here tongue-in-cheek loaded question are you trying to say that you think a ushl team could beat a major junior team uh you on what i think it would be a close game you you said you played for waterloo right that was one of the teams you played for yeah did you ever – I know for a fact I had a buddy that um, – a couple of friends actually. They played for the Sudbury Wolves a couple of years back. This would have been when I was in junior. And they were in a tournament in Russia, and they ended up playing Waterloo, the Blackhawks. They had – somehow in the tournament they ended up crossing pass, and an OHL team played a USHL team. I don't know if this was a hush-hush thing. 
but I'm pretty sure Sudbury ended up beating them 4-1. But it was like I had buddies on that team, and they said like their coach came in and was like, boys, like you can't lose this fucking game. Like This is USHL, OHL. Like We need to make the OHL look better. We have to win. They ended up winning well, I mean, 4-1. But like yeah. I always hear this, I hear a lot of arguments about the comparison of USHL directly, kind of correlating to like a major junior style of hockey. Yeah, you know, I think the the thing that comes to it is like where a USHL team would have to be to beat an OHL team is they'd have to be able to shut down that that top line or two, right? Like that yeah, scoring that power. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's no way a USHL team like you take McDavid when he's in the O. There's no way a USHL team is beating the Otters that year. Right, because no, any sure. anybody anybody that would be comparable to McDavid that plays um, like in the states is is already in college at that point. By the mm-hmm. time they're eighteen, they're already playing college for somebody. Hundred percent. So that's that's I think that's the only difference, really. Like, yeah, I find that's why. I mean, it's there's that argument, that comparison. These are always going to be there when you're talking about major, junior, the OHL, USHL, fucking college, all that shit. But I find like the one big difference about major junior compared to these other leagues, like you said, is that's the level where you can have these high, high, super elite talent that's only going to be present in that league for maybe one or two years. That cycles, it continues where, Mm -hmm. I mean, fuck man, like I played major junior and I went and played college teams after when I was in university and that's just a different, it's a different game. It's a different, it's a different style of hockey. Yeah. It's a different sport, I think. Yeah, I honestly do. Like the way they call the game too, like the refereeing, and there's it's just so it's just a not the the level of hockey is obviously a big comparison. I mean, a big uh, difference, but the fucking actual game that's played on the ice, the product is a lot different too. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you attribute that too. You know, you saying coming to a pro game, like you look at just how it's the NCAA, like. I mean, I only played three exhibition games ever, but when I played teams down there, like the structure that they bring to that level of hockey is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can't even comprehend it or it's hard to even explain in words. Like you, it's just, once you're on the ice, it's just like, yeah, this is an X's and O's game. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and so even within college, like the style of hockey changes a little bit depending on which conference you're in. So like big mm-hmm. 10 gets a little more offensive than a lot of the other conferences. Um, like you have the ECAC, which is like just lockdown D games are two, one, one, nothing goalies always come out of there with good numbers. Cause the teams are so defensive. Um, and then you have like hockey East, which plays a really fast back and forth, like line rush style game NCHC, which plays a little bit more of an offensive game, but they're still, they're still probably more dialed into their the defense aspect of it than like big 10 is. Um, so even within college hockey, like it really depends on who you play, how the systems are structured for the, for the conference, but it is a lot more structured than like when I played USHL or obviously the OJ and, and then it's even more structured than like the East coast and, and uh, mm-hmm. the SP obviously. Yeah, for sure. And now I mean, we I did think, we I, did like three hours of video a week in in college for weekends. That makes me want to throw up. Like we, I mean, it's over four or five days, but we do like half hour a day, plus special like plus specific groups like right? like plus goalie video plus special teams video. So 
God love you guys. That's a lot of video. Fuck video. <laughs> video. Always have. Always will. That's insane though, dude. But I mean, it's also the craziness is we just talked about your career pretty well over this last 30 plus minutes. And this motherfucker is only 24. I mean, all things considered, I'm hoping that uh, this is your first year pro. I hope you have many, many years of pro. But I mean, I'm really excited for you, dude. Like, I think um, the moment, um, I mean, I was probably going to try to get you on at some point anyways, come on the show and talk. I mean, you love talking hockey. This conversation we just had sounds like something that uh, you and I would have had at the kitchen table two weeks ago when you were still living here. But uh, yeah, that's why I knew this would be a great a great topic to you know bring you in and talk about because I mean this just sounds like us shooting the shit around the kitchen table. But man, I mean I really hope that uh, you're gearing up for a long, long career here. I mean, I mean you you must have plans to play for at least a while now, no? Yeah, I mean that's my that's my goal. My goal obviously with this PTO is to get like a like an SPC at the end of the season, so I can I can play technically on my PTO and can stay up for twenty five games. So the season's only thirty games long. So uh, to then stay up the last five, they'd have to sign me to a, a full contract, which is obviously the goal at this point in time. Well, and Lav, I want nothing more than an SPC for you as well. And I think that the listeners behind this show are now all rooting for you as well. We, um, we've been on this for 40 minutes, man. We've been, we've, we've crushed some good shit. Um, I think the call got dropped by the app. I used to do the interviews about 16 times. So hopefully I can piece it all together, but I mean, man, I think we, uh, I think we had a good one here. This felt good, man. I'm not gonna lie; it was really fun to, uh, you know, not 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 only talk to a good lad, but just fire up an interview. I haven't done one of these in in weeks, so thank you so much for for hopping on, man. Um, is there anything else you really want to cover? Anything you want to say? I mean, I know we got after it a bit here, but uh, any closing remarks before you, you, know, I mean, you leave the show? Not really. Just thanks for having me. Obviously, it's fun. Got to catch up a little bit and shoot the shit about michigan which you know i could talk about that place forever so um no it was fun like you said it's a good time you ever want me back just let me know happy to be here yeah hopefully um we're just going to keep the good news train about uh, your journey here the last couple weeks going and hopefully we're going to continue um updating the viewers on 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 your progress and how you're doing but for the time being man i mean in make the most of your little quarantine or whatever you got to do left and then man give it fucking hell i mean you know you can play, go out there and battle and just play the way you can, man. Gives a fuck where you're at. Just play the game you've always played, man. You're there for a reason. I'm wishing you a lot of success, my man. Thanks, man. You too. Hopefully I'll see you up here eventually. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you again, but not as teammates or roommates. I don't want to see you come back here. <laughs> Do you want me to hey, – anything you want me to move around in your room, though? Anything you want uh, me to look at in the truck, seeing as it's still outside? Should be all good. I got 4Z to start it up for me. Like last oh, week, make sure it was still functioning. I'll keep an eye on it, making sure none of the might... bottle kids are ripping by, chucking shit at it. Um, but yeah, Lav, thanks so much for doing this, up, buddy. Strip it up. Yeah, yeah for anytime. sure. Thanks, Hopsy. Hey, okay, we'll talk to you soon, my man. Thanks, everyone, and um, hope you enjoyed the interview with Hayden Levy. Hello. What a ride that was. I had to sit down. Because usually I stand up when I do my pods. I get the mic in my hand and I, I hold it really close to my face. And I I'll, sometimes I'll back myself into a corner. And I'll just bring my laptop and I'll put it on my feet. Turn the lights down really low and I'll just start screaming for about half an hour in my room at the top of my lungs. Just to get warm. And that's when I start podcasting. When I feel like the underdog. 
you know? That way I'm really motivated. Joking, I've never done that in my life. But that was cool. That was fun. And I mean, it was kind of a nightmare. I don't know what's going on. We had a Wi-Fi situation in my apartment this week. Had to get someone in here. They got a new modem. They had the wires going up and down, crisscross. You know how that goes, plugging in and shockwaves, all that shit. Got it set up. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Dropped it a couple times mid-interview there. So it's going to be an absolute paper mache fest for me to piece parts of that together. But it's going to turn out good. I know it is. It always does. Um, I'm not going to talk too much here as, as a little outro because, uh, like I said, this is going to be the longest uh, episode I've done in, in, in a couple months. But uh had fun doing that. Hopefully we'll talk to him uh, soon. Wish him luck. Hope he, you know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, he got a great year to get it. He can be there for 25 games of a 30-game season. Lots of time to prove himself. You know, Lav, we're rooting for you. Um, viewers of this show, <clears throat> be sure to keep tabs on him. Follow him and uh, see how his journey goes. Love to see him in the big show one day, and uh, that's what we're rooting for. Uh, he's a prospect, and um, projects, you know, right there with him. Get him back in a couple weeks. Um, something wild happened to me today. I'm going to talk about on the show because I find it absolutely fascinating to me. And this is the last thing I'm going to talk about before we head out. Um, I'm sure there's not many of you left with me. Um, I'm, I wonder how many people stick with it through the whole show. But I'm assuming that uh, the, the ones that are still here are absolute true beauties. So I'm going to tell this story because this was hilarious. And this happened to me today. I... Um, First of all, my screen time this week, because I've had COVID, but on isolation and lockdown, stuck in my room. Um, my screen time has gone up 46%. Got a notification this morning telling me that. I wouldn't even want to look and find out how much time I've been spending on TikTok. But I've been spending a healthy amount of time on TikTok. Like, it's a very addictive app. It's scary. Um, what was that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Uh, documentary everyone just watched. It came out on Netflix, The Social Experiment or something like that. Social Dilemma. What's it called? You know what I'm talking about. The one that scared everyone about social media. But uh, whatever algorithm they got on there, it's wild. Uh, it's It just gets you in there and um, it gets your nose in there and stuck. Like It's a scary app. You can get lost in there and look up and a half an hour's gone by and you're just looking at TikToks. Like It's scary. But, you know, when you're in isolation, that'll happen. But So I've been watching lots of them, like I'm saying. And I comment on a couple of them every now and then. I think it's fun to comment on them and... You know, usually you comment on these videos with like a couple hundred thousand likes, like no one even sees it, but you know, maybe someone gives you a like or someone replies and sometimes it's like weeks after, so it's kind of funny, but I mean, I comment on ones here and there and I comment on this one because, you know, TikTok, it's so heavy on those trends and like you'll start seeing like the same kind of trend and just a bunch of people doing it. So like I comment on a video and it's one of these ones where um, you get like, you know, at least two people and... They put like two headings on um, either side of the screen at the top and the people walk in a straight line towards it and the headings say different things. It's like they're answering questions and instead of them speaking, there's a nice song on in the background. One of them says yes or no or whatever and you walk towards the one that's your answer for the question. They're stupid and usually they're about like sex and stuff and like it'll be like girls like saying if they like being on the top or on the bottom. Like just like, I mean, t it just seems like a little craziness to be on TikTok like TikTok, uh, definitely the least serious social media. I mean, it's not like you're on LinkedIn. It's not like guys are out there like doing interviews on TikTok. You know, maybe there's probably are guys doing that, which is sad. But I mean, this one's the one. TikTok's where you let your hair down. You know, you just kind of do whatever the hell you want. But like, I don't think. And there's like 14 year olds on TikTok, so I always find these are odd. And I mean, I see this one, and it's these two hick guys, and you know, they're doing the thing. And the first question is something about sex, and it was like, do you like being on the top or the bottom? So like. I don't even think anything of it. I just open up a comment and I was like, geez, like, I wish there was some way that you could, like, never have to see these videos again, LOL. 
and like I was talking about the trend because like they're just everywhere and like it's annoying it's a stupid trend it's been going on for a couple of weeks I just keep seeing them so I just type that in I think nothing of it and a couple hours goes by <clears throat> I went and worked out this is earlier today and uh, today is the 15th of February the Monday but um, you know I'm off TikTok for a couple hours I go back on and check it and I look down and like my notification inbox thing it's it says something and like it says something like over a hundred and I was like, what? I like a hundred notifications on TikTok. I was like in my head first something. Like, oh my God, did one of my vids go viral? And uh, no, I just, that comment I said, is just blowing up. And I look at it and it's got like at the time it had like almost 90 likes and it had like 40 replies, like a lot of replies. And I'm like, what the fuck's so wrong? And what I say, I'm looking at it and I, it's the comment that I just brought up. It was, um, geez, I wish there was a way that I'd never have to see these videos again, LOL. So I'm like, what's going on? Like I look and, you know, my comments got almost 100 likes. and But there's comments on this video that have like 20,000 likes and stuff like that. I'm like, how are people even coming across this? How are they even seeing it? And what did I even say that's wrong? Like, is it really bad? I, then I go and I, I watch the video again and I, I actually watch it. I'm like, yeah, it's just one of these trends. But I check out the caption and then I check out the hashtags. And it turns out the two, the two boys are gay. They were gay. So then it looks like I'm being a homophobe saying like, geez, I wish I didn't have to see these videos of gay guys. And I'm just like, oh, God, that's tough look. That's a tough look. Because like, obviously, I wish, I wish I only hung out with gay people. I fucking love gay people. They're fucking the best. They're the shit. I don't go on talking about it all the time because I don't think you need to do that. I don't think you have to like you know, fight fire and be like, oh, I love gay people. Like, I'm not homophobic. You don't have to go out and say that, so I don't do that. But I love gay people. They're, they're some of the best people you'll ever meet. No problems with them at all. Ever. I would never, ever put anything like that on a video. I would never, I mean, I'm sure in the past I've said stupid things online that I regret. Hopefully I don't get canceled for it one day like everyone else has. But I really don't think I've ever said anything like that. And I it's just not who I am. It's just not in my character to go out there and put that hate out there. And anyways, I'm talking about the trend on this video. And then, but with the context and what these people are seeing, it 100% just looks like I'm being homophobic and commenting. So these people are fucking all over me, man. Like people are like coming at me saying like, you can imagine, like people have been coming. I don't have a lot of TikTok videos. People have been coming onto my videos and commenting now. This, this guy comments. So I said I would do anything to stop seeing these videos. Everyone went and I, seven different people on my last video went and commented the exact same thing that I said on that other video on my videos now. And like some of them have like 22 likes. Like I don't even like no one goes on my TikTok. No one's seen this shit before. But these people who now hate me from seeing this comment that got taken out of context are now coming to my page and writing shit. Like this one guy's comment goes, I know he puts stuff in drinks at parties and it has 14 likes on my page that not even 14 people have ever been to. I'm getting I'm getting canceled on TikTok as I speak. This is crazy. This app is wild, man. And one thing I've noticed about this app being predominantly Gen Z, these really young kids, is they don't like being chirped. They don't put up with the shit. Like they're not about that. Like me being a 1994 birth year, I grew up playing like Call of Duty. Um, you're 12 years old. People are saying calling you a cunt, calling you a pussy, like. I don't, I, I don't even want to repeat some of the things I've said. We've all, any, any guy my age that played a video game, they've all been there. They all, and it's still like that, I'm sure, to a degree. Not as bad, but if you played Xbox or anything back in the day, like 
you're uh, you're used to just basically seeing people go at you wide open. But these these Gen Z kids, they don't do that. Like they and they will not fucking put up for it. Like so, I'm just getting buried right now on TikTok. And like the way I look at it, I'm like, I find it's always like it's stupid when people delete shit. Like I find like if you said something like you're dumb enough to press post, like I don't think you should delete it. And I mean. I'm sure I've deleted, I have deleted shit, I know I have, and other, and I mean, that I'm sure I will again, but at the same time, I just feel like, I'm getting buried for this, I could have just deleted it, and it could have went away, but I'm not gonna, I mean, I, I replied to numerous people on the platform saying that, hey, like, you know, I love gay people, I was talking about the trend, like, I'm so sorry that this was taken out of context, but you can't go kiss everyone's ass, it's tough, alright, and what I found is, I, I kind of like, kind of feel bad, I kind of found myself getting like, I was like, oh my god, like, these people think I'm being mean to them. Like, oh my God. I was like, I couldn't imagine being a famous person. Like, imagine the sh- just getting shit on all day. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like crazy and just, you know, get off on that and just watch it all day. And pe- they think it's hilarious, all these people shitting on them. But like, I thought my phone was blown up. I got like 100 likes on a TikTok comment. My notifications were going nuts for like a couple hours. Like, it was insane. I, wanted, I was like yelling at my phone. I was like, shut up. How do these rich people who actually have followings do it? I don't know. I have no idea. Folks, this has been a wild week. Um, I'm having a good time doing this show. I'm, I, this has been the most fun I've had probably since I've been on lockdown. I've been really enjoying this show, rambling on. That's why it's a little longer than the other ones. Um, episode 27, great episode. Uh, great number, too. I used to wear number 27. I wore it um, for four years of junior. I showed up one year in Lethbridge Hurricanes training camp, and when I made it through the – you know, the main training camp when, you know, you're all wearing mismatched socks and shit like that. When, you know, when you show up and, you know, you try to start to actually skate like a team. I uh, showed up in my stall one year, and when Rich Preston was the coach there, he had number 27 was the number allotted to me. And, I mean, some guys were getting hilarious numbers because it's training camp, but uh, I got 27, and I liked it. And I thought it was sweet. And then uh, I ended up playing junior B the rest of that season, and, when I went down, uh, manager asked my old man, like when I was showing up for the first day to skate with this junior B team I ended up playing the season with, uh, manager asked my old man in the parking lot what uh, what number I'd like, and my old man said 27. So I ended up wearing that for four seasons and uh, loved it. I never thought I'd wear another jersey again. I mean, back in the day, I used to think 27. I used to immediately think of Daryl Sittler. I had that, uh, that jersey, uh, not that jersey, I had that book called The Hockey Sweater. I think uh, a lot of kids will remember. And uh, if you don't, it's a great uh, childhood book. You should get it, read it to your kids, read it to your nephews, because it was one of my favorites as a kid. But I'm not mistaken, uh, he throws on the 27 Leaf sweater, and he's paying tribute to Daryl Sittler. I mean, 27 was just always a cool number to me. A lot of great people have worn it. Producer Matt Donnelly has has worn it. Um, His father, Russ, a great friend of the show, Russ, hope you're listening to this. So maybe you're going for a run as you as you hear this. Uh, he wore 27. He says uh, for the last 35 years in uh, men's league hockey, it's a lot of great men have worn this number. Um, who wears it right now? Is Lucic? Is that what? That's what Lucic wore as, a, as an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, probably not what he's remembered for, or, or ever will be remembered for. But uh, 27, worn by very uh, valiant men, valiant men. And uh, this is a valiant episode. And uh, this is where it's going to conclude, folks. Thank you so much. I record this uh, as I'm signing off. It's almost 11 p.m. on February 15th, the Monday night. Um, I will probably get this out sometime during the 16th. I won't be getting this one out tonight, but uh, look forward to my next episode. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe we won't. Uh, but I have been actually on the horn, lining some things up uh, through uh, 
you know, messages, DMs. I'm sliding into people's DMs. Uh, might be some cool guests soon. Okay, so thanks for listening. Episode 27 is adjourned. Um, and we'll be talking to you soon, folks. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Project. This is your host of the most. This is Hopsy Baby Boy signing off. Hello, goodbye, good night.